The sun has left and forgotten me. It's dark, I cannot Your stories see. don't define you, but how you tell them will. Hi, I'm Sarah Elkins, your host and chief storymaker at Elkins Consulting. Today's episode is a tribute to my family and the friends who are family, our many guests that we've hosted at our dining room table over the years. We spent the last few days hosting my brother and sister and their families here in Montana, floating in kayaks on the Missouri River, hiking Mount Helena, and feeding them at our dining room table. You should take a picture of that before you use it. What a beautiful blossom. The cashier was gushing over the radicchio I picked up to use in a slaw that I would make for our guests that evening. It would be served with our vegetarian tacos made from garnet yams, multicolored sweet peppers, and locally harvested onions and garlic. Delicious. As I stood in my kitchen marveling over the many hyper-local ingredients on my counter, I remembered a conversation I had with another wonderful guest, Louisa Garrett who we hosted two weeks before. I asked her, why isn't cooking for people a sixth love language in Gary Chapman's book, The Five Love Languages? I see the act of lovingly feeding people as a combination of acts of service and gift giving. For those of us who spend hours and days thinking about what to make, what will be most nourishing and nurturing for the people at our table and then thoughtfully gathering ingredients and creating meals and snacks, it just feels like it's its own love language, unique from the other five. My love language is perfect material for some of my most meaningful stories. Anyone who knows me hears the passion in my voice as I tell stories of hosting guests over the years. And the stories people share about me and my family, our household, all revolve around feeling nourished and nurtured, and it's not just the food. I think a lot about legacy, about how I want to know myself and how I want people to experience me. And in my work as a speaker and coach, I've asked a lot of people these questions. How do you want to see yourself? What do you want to see in yourself? Kindness, intelligence, competence? What do you need to know or experience to be confident that you are those things? My friend Joel Morgan recently sent me a message with a quote by a rabbi he follows. Men cannot seem to justify their existence unless they're needed, useful, productive, making a difference. They can't tolerate their own being. My response to Joel was that I absolutely agree and that a sense of purpose has always been a critical factor in people's happiness and satisfaction in life. But purpose, that word, it feels big. It can also feel trite, overused, just another buzzword. Leaving my full-time job to be exclusively self-employed was really scary. And five years later, it's still scary sometimes. I didn't have a clear sense of the services I would provide to clients, and that made it hard to identify the right clients. It also made it hard to create content that would bring the right clients to me. It was 2018, and Simon Sinek's Finding Your Why 
was a big topic of conversation among my network. For whatever reason, I found it interesting, but not especially compelling. But after a great session hosted by Kate Byers and Jake Astaris at the No Longer Virtual Summit in Denver that year, I started to understand the buzz around the concept. It was another way to describe purpose, a way to understand feeling relevant. I started shooting on myself. Finding my why suddenly became important to me. But where should I start? I was quickly overwhelmed with the idea. It just felt so big. A few months later, I attended a friend's mother's memorial service and realized that what really matters to me is my relationships. How do I want people to describe me when I'm gone? When I walk away? Or when I am truly gone, no longer breathing. It sounds morbid, but it doesn't feel morbid. It feels intentional. It feels like a good start to understanding my purpose, my relevance. I wrote about the discovery in the first chapter of my book, the process of uncovering my how. In other words, finding clarity around what I do that brings value to my work, my family, and my community. Looking back at events I had hosted was the key to finding my how, which eventually brought me to better understand my why. From a client, I just don't know my purpose and it feels like I should at this point in my life. I know I have more to offer than what I'm doing at work. I just don't know where to start. Lisa, one of my coaching clients came to me because she was considering a big career change and wanted to nail an upcoming interview. I asked her about the job she wanted and why she was eager to start over again in a completely different industry. And that was her answer. She felt like she had more to offer, but she didn't know where to start. She hadn't really thought about purpose until recently. Her life had been devoted to raising children and pursuing a career. And now that her youngest was about to finish high school, the question of purpose was looming. My kids are my purpose, or at least they were. Well, they they still are, but now that they're almost adults, I feel like I've lost my direction. I don't know who I am without my job or kids. I feel like I should have my own identity, but I just don't know what that is or where to start. My heart was breaking for her. I could hear regret and pain in her story. I asked her this question. How do you want to see yourself? What words do you want to use to describe yourself? Her answer didn't surprise me, but it surprised her a little. She said, I want to see myself as resilient, competent, and thoughtful. My next question made her stop to think, how will you know you are those things? After a few moments, she answered, when the people I care about describe me that way. I asked, and what do you need to do to be or to say to ensure that they describe you that way? That was easier for her to answer. She knows her actions and behavior have to be in alignment with those words. 
When you want people to know these things about you, but you can't demonstrate them in your actions, what stories can you share so they experience you that way? Lisa told me she didn't want to sound like she was bragging. She knew she didn't want to tell people she was competent. And that's where we focused the rest of the session and the following sessions in our program together, uncovering the stories at work and at home that demonstrate those qualities. So what does this have to do with love languages? At work and at home, we demonstrate our love language through our actions. It's a big part of how people experience us. And when we know how we express love and how we're most enriched in receiving love, our relationships grow stronger and we find our lives more satisfying, more purpose-filled. We find our lives more relevant. For Hanukkah two years ago, my dear friend Marisa delivered the framed poem pictured in the show notes for this episode. She found the poem and thought of our household, our dining room table. She designed the print and lovingly had it professionally framed. It hangs in our kitchen now. It's a reminder that what we do matters, that our purpose is fulfilled when we're intentional about how we want to be experienced. The legacy we choose is safe as long as we remain in alignment with that purpose. Listeners, now it's your turn. What is your love language? What stories can you share that demonstrate it so you don't have to say, my love language is? When you heard my very first story about feeding people, about the food that I lovingly created, you heard my love language in my voice. And that story tells a lot about who I am at work, and at home. So listeners, figure out which stories demonstrate those qualities you want people to know about you. Visit elkinsconsulting.com to sign up for a monthly story prompt to guide you in collecting your most inspiring and meaningful stories. Add a couple of these love language stories to your story portfolio, your story collection, to use at your next job interview, podcast interview, or public speaking opportunity. I promise, if it's meaningful to you, that story will become meaningful to others. Happy story sharing. Smile, what's the use of crying? You'll find that life is still worthwhile. Just smile